I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a, a real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh my gosh, I finally, finally played basketball after four months. And I gamed for almost two days straight. I'm a nonconformist. I want to see a wrinkle in time. And I have a real friend named Captain Influence. Oh, I'm not real. I'm just a figment of your imagination. Let's rock it! Wait, wait, you're, you're telling me you're not real and that you're a figment of my imagination? Yes. So the whole colonoscopy thing last week was something that I made up in my own head and assigned to you as an imaginary person? Definitely. Can my listeners actually hear you? Of course. You're the only one doing my voice. So I'm talking to myself. Well, more like with yourself. Oh my gosh. I, I need to lay off the Folgers or something. Wait, I don't even no, I don't even drink Folgers. Oh my gosh, you are a figment of my imagination. That's right. So are you are you drinking Folgers then right now? Oh, you know I'm always drinking Folgers. Oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. Is this is this real? Like are you're not a real person then? What is real, Neo? Mm, welcome to the desert of the real. Brian show. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> well, I'm the real Brian and with me is captain influence. Yeah. See, I, I really can do your voice pretty well. I doubt that. Dang it. <laughs> I just don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Dude, I am drinking a, a homemade chai. It's actually uh, the, the butterfly chai. I've talked about this before, but I have to ask you this. Have you ever had a dirty chai? I've never heard of a dirty chai, but I have chai quite frequently. I love chai tea. Okay. So if you have a good homemade chai, it's essentially, you know, the chai latte where they put milk in it, but they add espresso shots to it. That's the, that sounds really good. Yeah, that's the dirty aspect is the espresso. And our friend Anne, whom we refer to as Analicious, of course, got a dirty chai once. So she asked what she could name her special drink. And I immediately said, you should call it the dirty Analicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she appreciates that. I mean, her mom already says, you know, Analicious is a porn name. And she's like, no, it's not. It's a radio name. So the dirty analicious doesn't help. But, you know, hey, tell you what. Dirty analicious comes off the tongue really well. Doesn't it? See, what you need to go do is go get yourself a dirty analicious. Just go order it at your local coffee shop. See what happens. It's not a dirty Sanchez, folks. (laughs) Nothing like that. It is really good, though. Good chai with espresso in it. Fantastic. And if you can get like a sweet and a spicy chai mix, because I think if it's too sweet with the espresso, then it just tastes like a latte. But if you get like just spicy either non-sweetened or low sweetened with espresso and it's just too bitter so if you can get like a you know a little bit of sweetness with that true chai spice good quality espresso mm. Mm. oh man mm. that's just what i'm talking about you no. want you want to come over for a cupcake and a dirty chai <laughs> or a dirty analicious <laughs> A dirty Analicious. And I know Analicious listens to the show, so she's sitting here either laughing hysterically, blushing, or crying right now. Or shaking her head, yeah. Well, that too. Definitely shaking her head. <laughs> so I have to say this, that, you know, Sarah was at a conference-type gathering called the If Gathering for Women, by the way. It was last Friday evening, most of Saturday. 
guess what I did during that entire time? And you, you were part of this, by the way. Oh, you played a video game, Brian. Dude, I sat in my recliner. I ate crap and I gamed. Oh, the whole it's a good thing you're playing time. basketball again. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> about that. So it was great. I've been getting dry needled, by the way. If you're unfamiliar with that physical therapy, they, they take acupuncture needles. They actually go in with those needles and they try to cause your muscles to spasm because what they do is they grab onto that needle and then they let go. So it's a really, and it's just like a really light touch with the needle or well, it's it, the knee. You don't feel the needle go into your skin really. Cause they're so small, but huh. you feel the muscles. I mean, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And Interesting. I wouldn't say that it's painful necessarily as much It's more uncomfortable, but the release when the muscle releases, it's like, Oh my gosh, that feels so good. Probably one of the best dry needles that I had was last week. And also it actually was painful this time because the muscles were so jacked up around the sciatic nerve. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it was so sore afterwards that it honestly felt like I had done an extreme, extreme high, high, high intensity workout with that muscle specifically. Wow. And I was in but pain did, for a day. I mean, it was like, did you end up, end up better for it? Yeah. So Thursday, the day after I felt so good. And so I played basketball actually feel that's great. Really it's not cool. hurting. I played three games. I didn't, you know, wasn't stupid about it. You know, that's really cool. So are you going to be doing that more often? I hope, I mean, I'm hoping weekly gonna regularly schedule. Okay, good. Is, well, as long as my body can handle it, I'm back. I mean, I used to play three times a week, so I would love to get back to that if I could, but man, it was, it's, I've just not been allowed to get on the court really. So, yeah, cause you've been struggling with that so much lately. Yeah. And I granted if I do too many stupid twists or dives or get bumped around too much, that's probably not going to be a good idea. So we're going to, but it's so funny because like, I know a lot of people are dealing with pain and other things like that. And I'll hear this. Wow. I'm surprised, you know, you're able to do that. And here's been my outlook and my philosophy is I'm going to push and persevere through this because I don't want to live in pain the rest of my life. I don't want to oh, be the person that's just like, well, this sucks. I guess it's my lot in life. I don't want to be that. Yeah. I want to push through this in the wise words of commander Taggart from, you know, galaxy quest, the historical documents, you're a history buff. Yeah. You know, those. Yes. those are true stories. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> Full speed ahead. Uh, so hopefully that uh, your time spent in the recliner gaming with uh, me and Johnny was helping you as well. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> you know, it's so funny it's because like, everyone knows sitting in a recliner and gaming all day is, is going to help you physically. Totally. Oh man. You kidding? That's like the health. It's so funny, you know, cause they used to say <laughs> if you have nerve problems and disc problems and other things, you just need to rest, which there is, there is a truth to resting. That's like the, the traditional side that, you know, resting sometimes is a good thing, but now they're saying that sitting around is actually the new smoking. Of course. So it's like, yeah, I, I think after everything I went through last week, being able to game was beautiful i was glad to spend it with you brian we had a good time and got skeered and um, i'm both looking forward to doing it again and dreading at the same time (laughs) (laughs) more about that later folks no no let's talk about this now we got to jump into this this is funny so you know how we brought on andrea deck back in the fall with lee steven uh sassy octopus is what we called her she did the voiceover for Alien Isolation, which is a fantastic video game, as well as she did the, the female nomad in Ghost Recon, and she's been on The Crown. Actress, wonderful person, great time, great conversation. I'd started playing Alien Isol- Is- Isolation. I got to talk like, yeah, that's your mom, Trebek. We started playing that. I personally started playing that with Bad Kitty 
on Steam, you can broadcast your game so anybody can watch it and experience it in its full glory. But it's a single player game, which I'm not a big fan of because I like the co-op aspect, as, as everybody knows. It's one of those games that is so well done that it scares the crap out of you. Oh, it's super well done. I was <sighs> impressed as hell. Yeah, and it's the original music from the original Alien movie. Beautiful, beautiful soundtrack going on. It's done so well that, you know, these moments where the lights go out and all of a sudden the music, you're like, ah, you know, you're freaking out. (laughs) Uh, And I said this when I was talking with Andrea that she would legitimately get scared and be like, oh, my God, you know, she'd do that. And I was like, how did you do that? You've gone through that. Did it not freak you out when she did that? Yeah, because, dude, when the alien makes it, I'm not, we're going to give anything away, people, but when the alien makes its first full-on appearance, that still haunts me since Saturday when we did it. Man, that was well done. Yeah. I keep seeing it in my head over and over again. <laughs> and I'm a huge alien buff. I love the franchise. I have since I was a kid. You know, I saw the first alien movie way younger than I should have, and it had a had a permanent impact on me. I used to collect the, com- the Aliens comics back in the early 90s. Uh, late 80s. I've read a lot of the Aliens novels. I've read the movie novels. I have lived and breathed Aliens for a long time. And this game is, if you like that franchise and you don't mind getting the piss scared out of yourself, (laughs) this is a great, great game to play. Yeah. Like I said, I've never had a game before where where even, even though Brian and I were playing it at the same time, even then, it was like I kept thinking, well, you know, in Alien... Dallas had Lambert in his ear the whole time he was going through the sure. tunnels and and that was the like the, the scariest part of the whole movie was when he gets killed so yeah it's like so even though we're playing together it's like it's still very stressful and I'm not ashamed to say it yeah I could never <laughs> I could never play that game by myself I just it would get me too riled that's why I stopped playing it because it was nice that Lee was you know listening he's watching my game and that was fun but I still was scared to death because I'm playing in the dark <laughs> at night you know and he's just sitting there laughing at me the whole time he's like ah oh, yeah stop doing that you know but going <laughs> going with you on it where you're playing it at the same uh, we you know we, we go were to both doing the same exact thing at the same yeah, time be like, like okay, okay we're I'm gonna go room. left here exactly we're gonna yeah. hit this button and yeah. yeah we do that so it was more fun because it was like we were co-oping um, and it made it less scary like i mean it still is very suspenseful it's still like oh my gosh i don't know i don't know what's coming i don't know what's going to jump out because there is a couple places like that where they jump out and you have to hide or you're dead there's a lot of hiding from this really huge monster that is trying to kill you yeah you don't have it's not a guns blazing game you you don't even have a weapon for the first hour of gameplay or whatever yeah (laughs) even with a weapon i can tell you uh and you experienced this there were some people you know those people as well as I do. What happened when you went the wrong way? You had to start over. I actually tried going after them with the gun when you get the gun. And I still oh, really? Yeah. You, you just can't beat them because you're not meant huh. to. That's the thing. You're, you're overwhelmed. And this is one of those games where, you know, a lot of games, it's like you can sort of overwhelm the AI and all that because it's like, oh, well, whatever. This is no big deal. I'm better than the AI. The AI is not very smart. In this game, you can't do that. It's literally right. impossible to overwhelm the AI. So if you try to go out, like you said, guns blazing with a real gun, you are, you're dead. They're yeah, going to get you. Start from your last save point. So yeah. yeah, if it's, you're in this huge space station, it looks just like the original refinery that the Nostromo was towing in the, in the first film, but it's a space station instead of a refinery, but the, the design is identical. It has these huge, these four big towers, you can go from from the terminal to other towers and stuff, but 
I mean, the alien in the in the game is as big as it is in the movie. So it's like yeah. what 10, 12 feet tall or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And <laughs> I mean, the first time it appeared, and we were we were trying to sneak around where it was killing those other people, oh, yeah. and get to the get to the elevator and try and yeah. break into the elevator before. And, and you're watching the whole time it. I'm breaking into the elevator, I can hear it on the I can hear its footfalls behind me. Oh. Clomp, 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 and the, and yeah. it's killing the last person, and I'm like, and then it's running after you. You're like, oh crap! Open up, open up, and you can't turn and around. It, and then it kills the guy. Yeah, and you still don't have the door open, and you hear it clomping around behind you, but you don't want to yeah. turn around to look, you know, because you're trying to get the door. Oh, it's just yeah. it's fantastic. And you can't turn around because right. if you turn around, you can't open the door. So then you lose time. Yeah, it was really funny too because the first time we did that, you you looked up and you're like, hey, look, they're the aliens killing all those guys, and you're watching it, and then it looks up I'm and it sees you kill the guys, <laughs> and then it and then it casually walks up these stairs, and I'm I'm trying to sneak you know away from yeah. it. And it's getting closer to me and I'm sneaking. So I'm not going very fast. And, and then I, I stop sneaking cause it's like 10 feet away from me and I kind of try and hide behind a table Yeah. and nope, doesn't work. It walks next to the table, kind of turns toward me. And then I hit load game. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's like, I'm dead. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Cause when you were looking, I was like, I'm going to peek up and look too. And I see it like doing its thing. And for me, it literally lifted its head and looked right at me. Oh, and wow. I was like, Oh crap. And I just immediately crouched and started walking around that upper balcony yeah, that, and it, it did actually chase me but i was far enough ahead that i was able to get past it but still I was just wow. like, oh, and that was so just freaky. like the first encounter i mean we haven't we are not even a fraction into the game yeah. you can watch these walkthroughs on youtube which i haven't done yet i've walked i've watched maybe 30 minutes of one walkthrough like, like gotten halfway to where we are but then there's a speed walkthrough like on death mode or something like that <laughs> on like hard mode no deaths yeah and I can't wait to watch that when we're done playing this game because oh, man. it's 10 and a half hours of casual gameplay. Like if you're not, if you don't know what you're doing, I guess. And we're probably an hour or so, hour and a half into that. Yeah. So we've got a lot of heavy heart pounding action. Ahead oh, of yeah. Us. Yeah. I was looking at the walkthrough, you know, like chapters basically. And I think we're in chapter three and the first chapter is very short. There's a lot. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of chapters. We have a long ways to go. And again, I'm not a big solo gamer doing it this way makes it so much fun and I can't wait to play again. I'm just so impressed. I mean, so impressed in how well this game has been done because, and this is something that, you know, I used to see. So when games were relatively newer to computers, you know, and they were starting to become kind of popular and a little bit more mainstream, there were some phenomenal games done. I mean, you went through stories that took you on a journey. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. The gameplay was realistic. You know, just like in this one, you can't win a gunfight all the time. I love it when a game does that. I mean, I'm playing NBA 2K and I can set it to the rookie mode. And for me, uh-huh. sometimes I love that because like if I'm playing NBA on rookie mode, I just relax and I <laughs> beat <laughs> well, I beat a team a by 90 points, dude, 90 points. That would never happen in real life. There's no way an NBA yeah. team would win by 90, uh, but it just didn't. I just didn't care. But sometimes it's nice to play a game that's so realistic that you have to think you have to strategize. You have to mm-hmm. wait. You have to hide. You have to do things. And oh, it's beautiful. I confess, Brian, I, I'm of the type, and I've told you this, you know, we're playing that alien game on easy mode because we want to get through the story and it's already enough stress without having to add that level of challenge to the game. And even on easy mode, it's, it's stressful. So, but I, I'm the kind of person I like to, I like to run through the game the first time on easy mode just to 
to see all the content and not get frustrated with it. In easy mode, it's still very difficult and still very realistic. It's not like it's stupid. Depending easy. on the game. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, I realized too, and I don't know if you knew this, but we can actually change the difficulty mid game. Yes. Yeah. That's, and I, and I won't do that. You can have fun doing that all you want. <laughs> I think I will <laughs> like just to try it and be like, crap. Okay. I got to go back to rookie cause I'm that bad, but <laughs> So this brings up another question that I have is that a lot of games have, in my opinion, become a little uncreative lately. Like they're trying to push them out. They've, they've run out of ideas, whatever the case may be. You see a game like Alien Isolation. It's extremely well done. And then you've got games that they put out, like, for example, Destiny 2. You and I are playing that. Johnny's playing that. Mm-hmm. There's really some great story in Destiny 2, but it's extremely short and then you're done. Destiny 2 is basically Halo for modern Without a lot of story. Times. Halo is phenomenal with most, most of the games are phenomenal with story and they take you for a really long gameplay before you're done with the game. This was like, I think we were doing the story and I'm like, wait, that's it. Like we haven't been playing that long. It's It's only been a a few hours. I had, I enjoyed playing through the story, but it doesn't last very long. And that's the thing. The story was really great. It's just short. And so then in order to keep you in the game playing, it's all about grinding. And that's what MMOs do. And again, I I don't mind a little grind here and there because sometimes it's like, okay, I want to go after this so that you can do certain things, but it's not infinite grinding. It's a short period of time. There's a finite end to it. But I remember playing world of Warcraft, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago now. Gosh, can you believe that? It's been about (laughs) eight to 10 years ago. Holy cow. You just didn't grind very much. I mean, you did stuff, you did quests, you had story. I mean, you you run around and you did things, but there were so much to do. And then the release of uh, Warlords of Draenor, all of a sudden you get to a certain point, And then if you want to go any further in the game, you have to do dailies. And it's the same three dailies over and over and over and over. And, and I'm like, what happened to story? What happened to creativity? What happened to reward? <laughs> oh, and by the way, there's a 6% chance that you're going to get the one piece and by the way, you need an entire set of armor, 6% chance if you run this mission that you're going to get one piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's brain damage. So what do you think about grinding in games? You know, I think grinding has its place for certain types of gamers. I think that if you're, for example, I confess to having and still enjoying grinding in, given, in a given game after a hard day's work, and I just don't want to think for a couple hours. Sure. I don't want to challenge my brain anymore because I've been challenging it all day. I just want to like listen to a podcast or music and just grind away and not have to think about what I'm doing. So it does have its place. Okay, um, fair enough. And I think that there are a lot of gamers, casual gamers out there who play that way. But it's a real challenge for people who don't, like you and Johnny, Johnny's like that too, who doesn't, appreciate the grind who does not the grind is annoying to them and finding games that don't have that grindy aspect to them that have a lot of content at the same time so sure there's a huge push for indie games now if you go on steam 90 percent of the games there are, are indie games you know small studio you never heard of most of the games that they have on sale there that type of thing and i'm not into indie games although I, just because i'm i'm, I'm really conservative about I tend to wait for the big studios like Bethesda 
and yeah. Blizzard and them to come out with their big blockbusters and then I jump all over that and then yeah. it gets boring pretty quickly for me a lot of times. But I know a lot of people, friends of mine who are very into those indie games and they and they get a lot out of them and if you're into that sort of thing and you and you are a little uh, adventurous with your gaming, there's tons of games out there to play. It's just a matter of finding picking. out about them. Yeah, 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 picking yeah. them and, and playing them and seeing if you like them or not. You know, MMOs in general yeah. are a little stagnant. Uh, in fact, some people would argue they're grossly stagnant. They, yeah. It's just they, they keep recycling the same exact formula yes. over and over and over again with just different art. One of the things that Guild Wars 2 does really well is, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's still a grind aspect to that game, but there's so much story content that you can do if you want. And it's a really compelling story, along with the art direction that's amazing. So the MMO formula is getting really old for us old school MMO players. Totally. And I'm really curious to see what the next big wow is going to be. Yeah. I have to bring this up. I'm offended by this. I'm talking to somebody, having a great time. We're just having a good conversation. And I, I was like, hey, man, you want to go see Wrinkle on Time when it comes out, which actually is today, <laughs> by the way, comes out today. I read the book, love the book. I'm sure it's a kid's book, but I loved it. And a bunch of us have been kind of like, yeah, we should go see that. That'd be a lot of fun. And one of the other guys was just like, he just starts laughing. He's like, yeah, what the seriously? You're going to go see that. Uh, and it, but he wasn't like joking about it. He was legitimately throwing uh. me under the bus, making fun of me. And I was like, seriously, seriously. <sighs> Water off a duck's back, man. Some people are just not going to get it. Some people are just chodes. I don't think I'm going to go see Wrinkle on Time, but whatever floats your boat, Brian. (laughs) I just, I loved the story so much when I was a kid. And granted, I know I was a kid when I liked it, but still, I loved it. There was something about it that just blew my mind, fascinated Mm -hmm. me. You know, honestly, I hate to say this, but Wrinkle on Time sort of set the pace for so much that sci-fi has done today. So, Mm -hmm. you know, their, their whole theory of everything. I was like, this is amazing. But this kind of brings me to another topic I'm going to bring up real quick. Earlier that day, so it's kind of funny how this all happened in the same day. You know, I'm getting made fun of for wanting to see a wrinkle in time. <laughs> uh, oh, and I also got made fun of for watching CSU basketball because, well, why would you want to watch anyone in the Mountain West? There's nobody oh, worth come it. On. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Okay. <laughs> um, so this, this is two experiences. And then earlier that day, so three experiences in one day. I, uh, I dressed up, right? Went to a great meeting, cool people. So let me just throw out the caveat first. These people were wonderful, gracious, respectful, great meeting. Don't get me wrong. I said nothing to do with the people or the interaction with them at all. I, I like to dress up at times, right? In fact, you know, we had uh, Antonio Centeno on the show. I, I've mentioned him a couple times now. There's definitely something to be said about dressing up and, and looking nice and presenting yourself in a way that is very respectful, right? And sometimes I just don't care. <laughs> But what I hate doing is dressing in a way that feels stuffy or restrictive or doesn't represent the best me. In fact, one of the things Antonio said is figure out your personality, your best you, and then dress in a way that represents that, whatever that is. (laughs) And I love that, right? You can't go around (laughs) dressed in drag, Brian. (laughs) I mean, you could. I guess you could. (laughs) Anyway, but I wanted a dress that was appropriate to the meeting, you know, and of course, respecting them because I, I would have been underdressed otherwise. So again, wonderful. I had a great, great meeting. We talked about some cool stuff. Impact was great. But here's the thing. I felt weird kind of in the way that I was dressed because I wasn't dressed in the best way that that represents me or whatever. I was proposing something. I know what I bring to the table. 
I know the talents and the, and the experience that I have, but they don't. And unfortunately I don't have a big name. You know, I'm not, I'm not all that great looking. Um, you know, I'm not famous. I don't have all these amazing, you know, talents that blow people away, you know, whatever. I'm not in the NBA. You've got a good radio voice though. Well, thank you. And the reason I say that is because I will see famous people. People know them, right? They've got millions of followers or whatever fans, et cetera. They'll launch a podcast and their podcast really isn't all that good. <laughs> really but, isn't, but everybody adores it. Oh my gosh. Have you heard so-and-so's podcast? It's the beep. Oh my gosh. This is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, no, it's really not that good. I mean, it kind of sucks, but because <laughs> they're famous, everybody just adores them and they look good too, right? There have been actual studies that people that physically look better, get treated better. Well, sure. It's a natural, like you said, it's a human tendency. It's what it is. So because I'm not a model, because I'm not an NBA player, because I'm not the world's greatest gamer or whatever, you know, I'm not rich. I don't have this status. I don't have a million followers, you know, blah, blah, blah. I unfortunately was sort of a nobody to them. No, not intentionally. They weren't saying I was a nobody. Like I said, they were wonderful people, but again, it's that unspoken unrealized thing that because I'm not quote a somebody I just wasn't taken as seriously as I would be otherwise. Right. Mm. And it makes sense. Now, if I were to come in and say, well, look at me, I have this awesome name. They would totally be listening to me. Well, we need to, we need to totally partner with you. They would instinctively have taken you more seriously. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't offended by it. I wasn't hurt by it. It was just a very interesting discovery. And then on the other hand, like I said, I had those other two experiences with, with getting made fun of for sharing something that I enjoy doing. We've all had this. What, did they do or say that made you feel marginalized? Oh, I didn't feel marginalized. So I just, again, I, I wasn't a victim. I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel disrespected or hurt or any way like that. I, it was just more of a, it was the, the typical, um, pat you on the back, you know, sounds great. Come to us when, you know, you have I see. more kind of thing. Yeah, I see. Like we love your idea, but prove it and then talk to us kind of thing. Yeah, I get it. Okay. And, and that's fine. But if I had been somebody who already had that name and that established reputation in their minds, by the way, I already have that, but they don't know that. So it's not like I'm starting from scratch. It's that they don't know what I bring to the table. I can sit right. there and tell them until I'm blue in the face, but in, because their perception isn't there of what I actually am bringing, I'm still a nobody to them. Now, if I'd come in and they'd be like, oh, we've heard of you. Well, then they would have taken my, my proposal extremely seriously and I would have had the exact same thing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So again, nothing malicious, nothing negative. I didn't feel bad about it. It was just a very interesting observation. So why do I bring all this up? Because in that moment, I felt like I was trying to fit in to their culture. I was trying to be a somebody in their eyes. I felt bad. I felt hurt because I didn't fit into that person's somebody, if that makes sense. I'm sorry that you felt bad or hurt. Oh, well, I appreciate that, but because you shouldn't have, it is what it is. We all get made fun of at times, you know, <laughs> we all get marginalized or whatever, but again, I, I didn't take it all that bad. I was just like, whatever. But I yeah. walked away going, okay, this is an interesting like learning moment. And so an observation. Yeah. Yeah. I got to thinking I, I could become a victim or I could learn from this and, and do something about it. Right. We all have a desire to be a somebody in this world, in our lives. And especially if you go back to like middle school and high school, there's clicks, there's predefined cultures. This is how we define who you should be. And if you don't fit that, then you're not one of us. A very obvious. Clip. You're, a, you're a rush fan. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of those people. So in, in adult life, those things never go away, 
but they're a lot more subtle, probably unspoken for the most part. I would say that most of the time adults are not trying to maliciously hurt someone or cast outcast them or anything. Sometimes they are, but most of the time they're not. So let's give people the benefit of the doubt. We all still have our, our culture, our cliques, our preconceived, predefined, basically circles, right? So yeah, our security blankets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's what it is. In fact, uh, Miss Ice brought up a really hilariously, beautifully true statement that was like, wow, it sucks, but it's true. She said, we don't want labels. We don't want to be under a label, right? None of us like that, but we cannot survive without labels because our brains cannot conceive anything beyond the label. So like I say, well, I'm not a nerd, but the reality is, yeah, I, I kind of am a nerd, but I'm not. I mean, I am actually, but I'm not a jock either. Right. But I love basketball. Right. But so when you don't have something that you can identify with, i.e. a label, you feel lost. And so people have to have labels to understand their place in this world. And so it's actually kind of screwed up, but it's kind of funny too. Yeah. Um, I no, love that. Makes that. perfect sense. What I want to say is I don't need to try to be a somebody with another person's somebody's group. You know, like if they've already defined something and if I don't automatically fit into that, then I don't need to keep trying to be a part of that. Right. Because then I'm just going to continually be disappointed, continually get hurt, whatever the case is. If they don't automatically and immediately accept me for who I am, value me for who I currently am and what I currently have to offer, then maybe that's not the right group of whatever to be a part of. When I said, I want to see a wrinkle in time and he, I got made fun of my immediate response in my head was, oh, I, I, I probably shouldn't go see it then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. Like there that's were parts, your instinct. I was thinking like, man, I've got all these cool nerd shirts, you know, and again, I'm not just a nerd, but I do love nerdy things and sure. I've got these nerd shirts and I, I was like, ah, I should probably get rid of those. I probably shouldn't wear them anymore. I'm not proud to be a nerd anymore because it's not cool. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we are so susceptible to this kind of stuff. Everyone is to some extent it's intellect over instinct. Totally. And I guess what I want to encourage, I'm going to encourage myself with this by the way. And I'm going to encourage you, Tony as well, please. And I'm going to encourage everyone listening that what if I were to tell you that you, Tony, me, Brian, each and every one of us, you already actually did achieve being a somebody regardless of what others said of you. Would you believe me? Ooh, that's a loaded question because I could go off on huge tangents there. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I like to overanalyze things. Yeah. Do you think you're yes. a somebody though? Yes, of course. Okay, good. All right. But I think it's all relative and everyone's a somebody, of course. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much, how, how seriously you take other people's, opinions of you well we all hear it and we all are affected by it yes absolutely you can't nobody can sit there and preach and say don't take it seriously don't listen to other people's opinions of you or and what you do sure because yeah. nobody can help at internal discourses uh it's instinctive mm-hmm. but you can cultivate an attitude in yourself where it affects you less but yeah, that's true do you know that you're a somebody of course mm-hmm you're right about it being sort of relative in that people um, think, well, you know, I'm not famous, so I'm not a somebody or, you know, I don't look as good as that person. So I'm not a somebody or I don't have as much money as they do, or I, I don't have a position or a stature or even a status that that person has, you know? Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think people, well, I mean, comparison is like the worst possible thing any of us can ever do, but we do it. And I think we, we can't help ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the problem is that we, we compare ourselves to somebody who is in a quote better place than we are. But are they really though? You know, that's the other question you really got to ask. Yeah, I'm constantly reminding myself 
even though my life is extraordinarily mundane, how lucky I am compared Ah, mm. to so many people on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just last night when I was going to bed, I laid down in bed and I thought to myself, I didn't have a spectacular day or I didn't have a bad day or anything, but man, I get to, I get to go to bed in this comfortable bed, Mm -hmm. you know, without any kind of pain or bad people in my life, you know, directly harming me physically or mentally. And, and I haven't been driven out of my home by war. I am not a slave to anybody except myself. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point too. It's, it's all about, it's all about attitude and perspective. Everything's yeah. about attitude and perspective. And, yeah. and if you cultivate a good attitude and you take yourself out of yourself as often as you can and see things and see the forest for the trees and see other people's perspectives and practice empathy on a daily basis, your life's going to get better automatically. Yeah, I agree. It can't help but get better automatically. Wise words. You know, that even goes back to some of the, the, you and I were having a conversation, you know, pre-show recently with wanting to get off Facebook due to the, some of the negativity and stuff that's out there, finding mm-hmm. a, a more centralized place for us. In fact, even got an email saying, you know, do you have an email list? And I said, you know, I don't. And and I, I did, and, you know, and I was like, ah, I just wasn't, it wasn't there. And he's like, well, I, I'm not on social media. I want to keep up to date on stuff. And I was like, okay, yet once again, a call to, yes, I need to find something that is a centralized place for us to connect and be mm-hmm. in touch and know what's going on with each other. Just continually seeing things posted. Like if we started to listen, have empathy for people, try to value each person, try not to define whether or not you're worthy of my group or not, you know, stuff like that, man, you know, I, you're right. Things just would be better. And to be thankful to have that gratitude, to be thankful, like you were talking about, a warm place, you know, a, a, a soft bed, you know, you're, you're not driven out of your home by war. I mean, so many things like that. It's like, that is so true. We have our own problems, you know, when, when we're not faced with opposition, we have our own, yeah, like you said, I mean, <laughs> we, we I'm, invent stuff to be upset about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said I'm a slave to myself. Exactly. Like that is such yep. a truth, you know, that, so we all have our own problems, but we don't have those immediate life threatening problems that are happening to some people. A lot so, of people. Yeah. A lot of people are right. I guess my point here then would be to say to always be to welcome you and value you for who you already are. I've always said there's a curse and a gift to my personality being a type seven Enneagram. I can really relate to a lot of people. The curse is that, well, Brian, what's your passion? (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Yeah. You got five (laughs) hours, but I think what's, what's interesting is like, the, the blessing on that is that I can relate to different people. And I also, I'm not going to judge if somebody comes in and says, you know, I, I like wrinkle in time. <laughs> like, yeah. Awesome. You know, well, I'm, I'm a basketball jock. Awesome. You know, I'm a whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you and I are like one of the rare people in this world. I believe everybody is a somebody regardless of who you are and what you like and what everything you don't need to go and get affirmation from some group and some other thing. Like you've got that here. You're affirmed for who you already are. This is the place for you. I've always wanted to create that environment where people can come and just be themselves and not have to apologize. I'm so tired of people apologizing, but I know why they do it. They feel guilty because they've gotten made fun of. They've been beaten down and it's like, you don't have to apologize. Just come and be yourself. So anyway, if you think you're a nobody or if you think you're trying to fit into somebody else's, you know, whatever they define kind of group, or maybe you're already a somebody, you know it, whatever. Get your butts in uh, to be a part of this family and let's find a centralized place. Facebook group is happening. So let's at least do that until we find a better place. I got off Facebook 
well over a year ago now for the same reasons that you're having issues with it. So I know a lot of people that have too many people I love and respect friends and family are disappointing me. That's all. And, and, and to be honest, I was saying stupid stuff on Facebook as well, letting my opinions be known when they, when it was clear that they could backfire on me and stuff like that. So I just can't do that anymore. You know, what's interesting is that when I was doing, when I was starting the real Brian show, I actually had some advice people coming to me and saying, you know, Brian, you need to polarize yourself a little more because polarizing sells. It, it draws audiences. Oh, it, it, about the worst thing you can do to yourself well, as a person is you, polarization. You'll make money and you'll be famous and you'll be, I mean, it, ha- oh, it, yeah. it works. You might be more successful in the game we've all invented for ourselves, totally. but from a uh, transcendental standpoint, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to throw a fancy word out there, it's, it's the worst thing you can possibly do is polarize yourself. Oh, I agree. And what, what's kind of funny about it is that like Sarah would say this and some other people would say this too, is saying, you know, that wouldn't be the best you, Brian. If you polarize, no. you would be actually embracing the worst side of you. And I really appreciated that advice. Think about it this way. Having done, again, been been in business, anger is the quickest and probably the most addictive emotion that we have. Yes. Star Wars, Yoda got it right. The dark yep. side is easier more seductive. Why haven't we learned this? That came out in 1980. The low road is is always easier to take than the high road. That's just one of the oldest axioms that our species has thought up. I know. And you know, it's so funny because then people would say, well, Brian, if you're going to take the positive road and if you're not going to polarize and you're not going to get people angry and upset and, you know, freaking out about stuff, you're never going to grow an audience and it's going to take you a long time and you'll probably never be successful. So be it. it. You know what? You're right. (laughs) <laughs> I think you're right because at first I thought, Oh crap. What am I? Oh, but you know what? Now today, right now with you, I, I totally agree with you. So be it. Yep. This is the better road. Good conversations, go. positive messages. Doesn't matter how much money you're making or how big your audience is. It just does not matter. Yeah. This is for you and for your friends and your listeners. I agree. And I know you personally have found uh, a little bit of a quote, breath of fresh air from that approach yeah. as well, which I appreciate I've, too. Yeah. And I've told you before that the reason the reason I like to listen to your show is is because uh, I'm a I'm a cynical realist by nature, by instinct, you know, self cultivation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Most of the conversations and topics on your show are very uh, positive, and they allow me to push that aside for an hour a week. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's awesome. I, this totally just came out of my brain. Sarah and I watched The Prophet. He goes around. If you've never seen The Profit, it's a great show, by the way. He goes around and he helps businesses because he's, you know, he's he's got money to invest, uh, but he's really good at what he does to get the business successful. Mm-hmm. I just saw an episode though recently where it was much more beyond that. Literally going to, I mean, he even said, "We need people in our lives to give us a chance." Ironically, I had an episode called "Give Someone Else a Chance," and I interviewed Julie from Great Harvest. The idea was, is coming around somebody and giving them the confidence and the belief that they are a somebody. There's something powerful about hearing a story of someone who has been disadvantaged for whatever the case may be, whatever happened, right? Right. And they somehow are able to overcome either the victim mentality, the weakness, the disadvantage, whatever the case is, even if it's not a perfect story, it's a, here's where I'm at now. Even if it's only been one or two or three steps forward, here's where I'm at now. There's something extremely inspiring about that. I still hear people coming to me saying that episode with Nicholas McCarthy was one of my favorite episodes ever. Yeah. I want to say it's also March 
Guinness and Gouda month at Great Harvest Bread. <sighs> that is like the best. Guinness and Gouda. That sounds fantastic. It's the best. Local I say bread. fantastic too much, don't I? I, yeah, I didn't. That's notice. my. That's my go word. Fantastic. No, it's it's yours fantastic. is literally. Mine's, mine's fantastic. Glorious. Glorious is a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my gosh. So it's it's this huge loaf of bread. You know, they they cook it with Guinness. And then they put chunks of smoked Gouda all over it. Oh, man. Or in it. Holy cow. That sounds better than Girl Scout cookies. Tell you what. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are, yeah. Speaking of better than Girl Scout cookies, uh, there there's some like good music that you and I just need to share really quickly because this is a great way to wrap it up. Here's some great music for you to go check out. I'm really into what I call neo 80s music modern bands that have a really strong 80s sound uh, a lot of you might be familiar with m83 mm-hmm. uh some of their older stuff saturday's equal youth so that is just the whole thing's just so 80s uh wild nothing's another good uh, their album nocturne is really good 80s-esque music small black does some good stuff uh, limits of desire is that album but um i just really like that kind of stuff lately uh, nice. i listen to a lot of it i'll check it out I got a brand new song here you can check out um, by Social Club Misfits. They had Danny Goki and Jordan Sparks. They're singing or rapping pretty much in uh, in Spanish most of the time. <laughs> so I don't know what they're saying, but I was like, this is so cool. It's called Tuyo. Check it out. It's awesome. And then, you know what else? I just love this time of year. I actually do have like, yeah, seasonal type music is uh, kind of going with your Neo 80s. It's just chill music. It's instrumental. It's electronic. It's relaxing, but it's just there's something about the weather and you're just like, ah, oh, it's so chill and calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I strongly recommend afterlife. If you've never heard of them, okay. uh, it's, it's a, it's a dude. He's an electronic artist. He's been around for a couple decades. Afterlife is, is one of my favorite okay. chill electronic bands. Awesome. There's so much out there. I know there really is. And that's what I love Spotify. There's so like you go into the indie yeah. games. There's a lot of indie music now. That's just so good. That finally, like it's really good. And it's mm-hmm. produced well. All right. I have two throwback songs here. I have to throw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to start doing throwback. This is going to be fun. I was recently reminded of Smashing Pumpkins, Cherub Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I haven't listened to this in years. And I cranked it up. I was like, this is awesome. I just had to throw that out there again as kind of a, oh, yeah, song, you know. And then mm-hmm. for those of you who have not heard this back in the community days, you know, when community was was out, Chevy Chase was on there as Pierce, Eric Olson, mm-hmm. his band, you know, his like hippie band and all that. Getting rid of Britta and Pierce, you are a B. <laughs> <laughs> They're both so funny. Uh, but it was really funny in the show, like in the context of the actual episode it was hilarious. And they kicked Pierce out of the band and it was just it was awesome. So I was like, they're on Spotify. <laughs> oh, and so is the bad, bad lip reading out. songs are on Spotify, too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So good times. Once again, we didn't get to everything. Do Never we? do. I don't think we will, because I think you and I have way too much to talk about. So, um. I'm just going to close the show right now and say, you know what the music means. You know what it means. It's time for some Tylenol PM. No, not no. No. What? <laughs> Come on, people. Ugh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Captain Influence. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. It was Of course. Fun. It was. Always, man. RealBrianShow.com. We'll see you next week. And The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.